Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Green Mountain Dental Group. I'm Henry Chisholm, and today we heard from a couple of guys on the football team. First from head coach Carl Durrell. Uh, then we heard from Matt Lynch, the grad transfer tight end from UCLA. And we also heard from Jalen Jackson, and it was good catching up with him. Um, and we learned some fun stuff today that we're going to talk about. Probably a little bit shorter show today, but uh, you never really know. Um, before we jump into any of that, though, I do want to tell you more about our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group. Green Mountain Dental is the place to go for any of your dental needs. It's conveniently located just 15 minutes away from downtown Denver in Lakewood. It's family-owned dentistry. They're huge Colorado sports fans, and they have an awesome offer just for you dnvr listeners if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam at green mountain dental then you can get yourself a free sonicare toothbrush it's always a great deal when you can go get the type of care that uh green mountain dental will provide you but it's even better if they're going to give you an awesome toothbrush at the same time so make sure you take advantage of that um everybody i've heard from who's gone there has been very happy with the results and the process and all of it. So make sure you get out to Green Mountain Dental Group and pick up your free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. All right. Uh, so today, like I said, it started off with Carl Durrell. Not too much um, information that is brand new. There were a couple of early notes. Uh, still no update on Antonio Alfano. He hasn't been cleared by the medical staff to practice. That's been the case for a while now. Uh, we don't know exactly what's up with him. We just know that that's the case. And Carl said that, you know, as it, as annoying as it can be for him to be in that situation, it's it's very frustrating for him. And the fact that there hasn't been any, like, update on status yet hasn't really changed. Um, it's tough, and it's something that he has to work through. Uh, so that's our Antonio Alfano update. Um, I know we, we keep getting a bunch more new listeners. And so I feel like I'm saying things that we all already know, but just in case, like you haven't heard the full Antonio Alfano story. Uh, he is the defensive end who transferred from Bama at one point was the number one defensive end or no number one overall player in his high school class transferred out of Alabama, uh, early in his freshman year, about three, four weeks into the season, like late September last year and decided to come to Colorado and, a bunch of things happened where he was suspended indefinitely. 
Um, then we found out he was attending classes trying to get back, and now it seems like there's some injury holdup. Um, and so that's the state of what's happening there. Obviously, the Buffs don't need help along the defensive line. They have a bunch of guys who have played and have played at a high level, a bunch of guys who you could look at and say, huh, that could feasibly be a pro football player. But when you can add somebody in who you look at the numbers that he posted as a junior in high school at essentially like a combine for high school football recruits, um, he put up numbers that pretty much all the way through were favorable to the numbers that Nick Bosa put up at the NFL combine. Um, So that's how good he should be. So uh, that's what's going on there. And uh, we also got an update on Ashad Clayton, who has been banged up. Um, We didn't know. We still don't know what the injury was, what part of the body, but we do know that he was back on the practice field today. He was practicing. Carl said that uh, he was a little gimpy still. So he's not totally back to full strength. Um, In general, he said that um, they're doing all right. Uh, I think, no, it was decent shape. He said they're in decent shape injury-wise. It is mostly soft tissue injuries, but for the most part, it's little bumps and bruises to the soft tissue um, and not things that they're super concerned with going forward. Uh, So that's all good news there. Um, In terms of his notes from practice we got a couple of things um nigel bethel the cornerback who transferred to colorado from miami uh who sat out last year as part of the ncaa's transfer rules you have to sit out a year unless you get a waiver he didn't get his waiver so he sat out he is now an option at cornerback this year and He's been playing well. You know, we heard that he had the interception during the scrimmage. Uh, We heard that he had made a couple of plays like that, a couple of interceptions that week in practice leading up to it. Today, Carl said again that he is always around the football, and that's obviously a very good thing to hear. Um, Somebody keep an eye on for sure. That's a deep secondary, though. He also said that, you know, K.J. Trujillo is looking good, Uh, Tariq Luckett. Um, we've heard good things about Makai Blackman in the past. So cracking through and getting playing time isn't going to be easy for defensive backs. Um, but it should make for good competition. Uh, when he was talking about the defensive backs, Carl also mentioned Christian Gonzalez, the freshman uh, cornerback who's of good size, 6'3", 200, maybe their biggest cornerback I think Tariq Luckett's the same height, but a little bit lighter. Um, so as a freshman, you're not too worried about him size-wise, physically holding up. Um, but he, we had heard, was working with the ones um, at some points, and Carl brought him up as another guy who's been impressive um, in a very deep group, with the question being at cornerback, how good are you at the top level? You know, it doesn't matter if you have a bunch of guys who – and the Pac-12 should be your third cornerback. If you have eight of those guys, you're still going to have some struggles because you need some top-level talent, and that still needs to shine through, but we have gotten those good signs. Ooh, it was a little bit cooler in Boulder this morning, actually pretty cold, um, but 
Carl said that he likes that. He thinks that it's important to get out there and work in those circumstances because if, if you're Colorado, you need to feel like you have an advantage when the weather is cold because that's going to happen. And if you're feeling unprepared in those like late November games this year, they're going to be games in December even, you're going to have problems. You want the other team to feel that way. So, uh, you know, makes sense but it's still good to hear that he's thinking about things that way. Uh, I asked Carl about, uh, you know, there's uh, scoring has been up in football this year for a bunch of different reasons, and I kind of asked Carl about that, what his thoughts were, whether that's something that, since they're starting so late, they get to see it happen across football, and then maybe they can make their adjustments. And he talked about that a little bit. He said that the biggest piece is that teams just are not executing the way they typically do. Um they're not tackling the way they typically do because of all of the different rules. I mean, first of all, it's been tougher and tougher to tackle over the course of the last 10 years or so because of all the changes that have been made, um, not just in the game of football. Like it's not just that they're targeting calls and they're super strict on how you tackle. It's also that you don't have the same number of practices and the number of practices that you do have, typically you're restricted and they have to be less contactful. Um, this year in particular, there are even fewer practices, which makes it tougher. Um, so many of the practices have had like restrictions um, or like their workouts, I guess, have had restrictions, not at Colorado necessarily, but across the country in terms of the number of players who can be together and the type of work you can do. Um, so that contributes. But one thing that I like that he said was that there are a lot of ill-timed plays. And that's something that, you know, we've heard about a little bit, but not as much as I would like to. Here's an example. Um, Matt McChesney, who you guys know well, he was a football player for the Buffs, defensive lineman, offensive lineman, switched in the league. I think, you know, he was defensive lineman college, switched to offensive line in the pros, played for the Broncos for a bit, played for the Jets for the bit for a bit, now trains like a bunch of people down here. He also works at DMVR, and he uh, breaks down, one of the things he does is he breaks down a uh, couple of plays from each Broncos game and kind of just explains what's going on in, in like real detail and like how football people would say it using all like the correct words, and it gets very in-depth, and I really like watching him. But one of the plays that he... Uh, chose from last week's game against the Patriots. Um, and you can find this video if you want. It's on like Twitter, it's on the website, it's on YouTube, all that stuff. Um, but there's a play the Broncos run that is a handoff to Phil Lindsay to the left side. And he just goes through every piece of the play explaining, okay, this guy pulls and goes and gets this guy because he's swinging across the formation to get that defensive end. He's pulling to get him um, that tight end who's right there is going to step toward the defensive end, force him to, you know, take a little step upfield before the tight end runs downfield and blocks somebody else. So it's almost like a little fake block to set him up for the guy who's coming behind. Then the tight end goes upfield. And then there's all these different pieces that make it so that there is a massive hole for Phil to run through. And he picks up a bunch of yards. All of that stuff is so choreographed that if you don't have time to get it right and you're screwing it up, that's going to cause problems. And that's something we see a lot, even in that same Patriots game, um, where the Patriots aren't quite clicking on that level. The timing just doesn't make sense. And I don't know. I was pretty excited to hear uh, Carl 
bring up specifically like when he's talking about the efficiency that he wants his team to have when they're on the field and how that is a priority a big part of that is not just avoiding mistakes but also avoiding those ill-timed plays plays that just don't fit together the way they're supposed to you know right before I asked that question um Adam Munster Tiger asked him what the identity of this team is supposed to be or what he wants the identity to be. Um, and Carl said, like, we want to play very efficient, very clean football. And that's a challenge. And it's been something that they're working on. It's tougher this year because of the situations. There's no spring practice. There's no spring game. Um, the fall has obviously looked totally different. And so he thinks, I mean, kind of the, that will be a very important thing in this year in particular, but also going forward, that's what he wants. And so they're doubling down right now, trying to get it right in a year when it's tougher to get it right. Um, and I think it makes sense. You know, that's what we heard all last year was the problem was that they just weren't executing. The offense just wasn't executing. You know, the defensive players couldn't execute their assignments. They were distracted. If everybody just does their one eleventh, and things will be fine. But one place or one person on that defense screws it up and there's a, gap in the defense that can be taken advantage of by a good quarterback and in talking to Jalen Jackson we actually heard some of the same things I asked Jalen like what's it been like working with Carl Durrell the great receivers coach um and he said what what he has been told by Carl is all about just like the simple stuff just getting the little things right um things like making sure that you're running your route at the right depth for so many different reasons. You know, this is something we heard from from Peyton Manning. Uh, he talked a lot when he was here about uh, pattern integrity um, be, with the idea being that by everybody doing their exact responsibility within the pattern, the passing pattern, all the different routes that are out there on the field, the play will work. The play is designed to work if everybody just follows their one small part of that entire pattern. But if you have a slot receiver who breaks his uh, dig route off at 12 yards instead of 10 yards, then the safety uh, can defend him from two yards deeper. He doesn't have to come up as much. And then the post route that's supposed to be trying to get in behind the safety gets covered up because that defender is just a little bit further back all over you're pulling these defenders in different directions and if you have one piece that's wrong then the whole thing isn't going to work because one player can defend two players or something like that pops up somewhere um also just like in terms of the timing making sure that the quarterback knows that you're cutting when you're cutting breaking when you're breaking um and so that was something that jalen jackson brought up i think that that's something that uh we'll have to be paying attention to as we move forward before we get into more of the Jalen Jackson stuff, because there were a couple more interesting notes. I do want to tell you guys about Breckenridge brewery. Breckenridge brewery makes the best beers, the very best beers. And if you aren't trying them, you aren't drinking them, then you are missing out. Um, seriously good stuff. The Colorado core, the avalanche, the mango mosaic, the mountain beach, the Palisade peach, the Strawberry Sky. I'm pretty sure I just named only fruity beers right there. And they have like real beers for people who have more refined taste buds than I do at this point. Uh, I just like sugar and sweet things and fruity stuff. Uh, and they have something for me. And it's a brewery. Like they'll have something for you hardcore beer lovers too. Whether it's the Hot Peak IPA, the Vanilla Porter Jr., 
so many great beers, um, and they're very involved in the community. Um, not only are they partners with us at DMVR, but you can see like they have their own like bar inside of not the Pepsi Center anymore. What perfect timing that this just happens to come up organically. Uh, the ball arena is what the Pepsi Center is now called. Um, that deal with Pepsi ended, the deal with ball started, and uh, it's exciting. So you guys might remember last year when the Buffs started using aluminum cups inside the stadium. Those were all made by ball. Um, there was like the press conference we heard from, I actually can't remember who it was, like probably like the CEO or something like that of Ball who did the press conference with Rick George to kind of announce the deal as part of like the Buffs trying to make the campus more sustainable, um, get rid of some of the waste by having reusable cups or recyclable cups, not reusable, not which we learned very specifically because Steven Montez had his uh, press conference uh, shortly after so like they get wrapped up he walks in sits down at the table and they have the silver bullet up there that ball makes and they have like one of the aluminum cups and steven asks like hey do, you, do we have any extra of these that i could bring home um and then he had to ask specifically like yeah you can just like put these in the dishwasher right and they're like well you're not supposed to like it probably is okay but probably yeah it was a fun moment i miss seeing people in person and having real life press conferences and all of that. Um, but yeah, so ball, which partnered with, uh, the university of Colorado athletics last year, um, doing that. And I think some other things as well is now getting even more involved in the community, um, by changing the arena to the ball arena. Um, this was a long tangent in there. Um, but all of it's to say that Breckenridge is also supporting the sports here. They have that at the ball arena. They have their bar in there. Um, you'll see like their logos everywhere. So they're around. They care about sports. Uh, they really care about DMVR, which is great for us. And it's a relationship that we want to keep going. So if you guys haven't tried those beers yet, go try those beers. Maybe try them out of an aluminum cup somehow. I'm not sure how you pick one of those up when the Buffs games won't have fans, but who knows? Um, if you want to try a specific beer, you can use the beer locator on the Breckenridge Brewery website. It'll tell you where you can go to buy that exact beer. Um, I believe they have like bars on there and restaurants on there that have them, but also just like which King Supers has which or which liquor store has the Palace AP, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's really convenient. It's really easy. Make sure you check that out. And even if you aren't in Colorado, Breckenridge beers are in 36 states. Um, and maybe even more than that now. I did realize like that's a number that we were told about a year ago when we started the Breckenridge deal. Um, so at this point, maybe there's 37 or 38. So check out whether those beers are near you because they are very good. Uh, also want to give a quick shout out to our friends over at... Wow, I really thought if I talked slowly, this thing would load fast enough. Um, Strava Craft Coffee. We love Strava Craft Coffee here at DMVR. Um, drink a lot of it. We do have it at the DMVR bar. We have like the Strava Craft Cold Brew, which is really good. It uh, It's potent stuff. It'll really wake you up, but it doesn't give you the jitters, which is a pretty cool feature. And I'm not sure whether that's because the coffee part is engineered well or whether that's just an effect of the CBD, but it is very good coffee that will get the job done without giving you jitters. Plus it does have the CBD, which can help with so many different 
things that could be ailing you, whether it's like back pain or anxiety, whatever. A lot of people have had a lot of success trying CBD just to make their life a little bit easier. Um, if you want to check it out, like I said, you can come down to the DMVR bar. You can go to Carbon Cafe and Bar, Drip Denver, Slow High Coffee, Blue Sparrow Coffee, a Max Market. So many options. Or you can just order some for yourself from the Strava Craft website. And if you use the code DMVR20, then you can get 20% off your first order. It's a great deal. And if you decide that you like it, then you can actually save 20% on every order by heading to their website and subscribing to whatever product that it is that you want to subscribe to. Um, it, it could be the grounds or the beans or the K-cups and there's so many different things that you could try, but then you get to pick how often you want it. Every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks and you'll get 20% off on any product that you're subscribing to every single time. It's a great deal um, and then you just don't even have to think about it because coffee is such a crucial part of our lives. It just comes right to the door and you don't have to go buy it. You don't ever run out. You just are subscribed. Super convenient. Again, if you just want to check it out, the code's DMVR20 to get 20% off your first purchase. Okay, back in with some Jalen Jackson stuff. Um, he's excited. He has a really good attitude. You know, he got asked, like, what was it like finally playing a full year of football? He'd gone through uh, a, a bunch of injuries, um, most notable being the ankle injury that he suffered I, th I believe that was during the spring game um, a couple of years ago. And uh, rehab, got back, played the whole year. Didn't see the field all that much. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see more of him this year. But he said like he was excited to be able to actually go play a full year. And he does seem like he really does want to play. Uh, he takes special teams really seriously. Um, he won like the most improved special teams award last year. But uh, he said that he wants to keep playing special teams, that that's like a part of what you have to do to prove yourself to the NFL. Unless you're one of these like super elite guys, if somebody's going to take a shot on you, they got to know that they can trust you to do something more than just go catch a football. Um, at 5'10", 180, he is a slot receiver uh, listed, I believe, behind, yeah, behind Dimitri Stanley on the depth chart uh, last year. I think he might have played exclusively in the slot. I think we went through these numbers on the podcast before, but it was at least 90% of the snaps or 90% of the routes he ran came from the slot. And so that's really his role in my mind is if something happens to Dimitri Stanley, like knock on wood, it would be Jalen Jackson who would fill in in that role. But there's also a chance that Katie Nixon could shift into the slot and you could bring in another outside receiver. There's also the chance that if something were... Again, knock on wood. For some reason, Daniel Arias or uh, Katie Nixon can't play the two outside receivers. Um, then maybe Dimitri Stanley shifts outside and you get Jalen Jackson in the slot. So we'll see. There are a bunch of different combinations. Um, but where I think you'd see the most of him is in four receiver sets. Uh, he isn't necessarily... I think he could rotate in. I don't think you need... I don't think Dimitri Stanley is going to be playing every snap the way that Chev runs these receivers. Um, so maybe he could get some there too. But when they go four wide um, and they have like an extra slot on the field, I think that you could be seeing Jalen Jackson fill that slot role opposite him. Or it could be that Katie Nixon moves inside and they throw Vontae Chenault outside, for example, as the fourth. Um, those are some of my thoughts about Jalen Jackson. But he had his own thoughts on this receiving core. Uh, he said that every year, 
everybody says, wow, these Colorado receivers are good. These Colorado receivers are good. And it's kind of become like the narrative. And it's true, like from Bryce Bobo, Shea Fields. Uh, last year, you get Tony Brown breaking out. Obviously, Visca's there for a couple years. Um, so many different guys have stepped up, and they've always had at least one and typically a few really good receivers, guys you want to have on the field. And he said that even though everybody says that like every year, he says that this year there's really some guys who can ball is what he had to say. Um, That's a good sign. You know, I think that receiver is definitely one of the groups that we've all been really excited about. I think that, you know, first of all, what is Katie Nixon in his senior year? He has a chance to take a big step forward. Daniel Arias is getting compared to DK Metcalf. That has to excite you. Uh, Dimitri Stanley did what he did last year as a freshman, which is impressive, and now he comes back. And then you have all these guys like Jalen Jackson, who we've seen glimpses of at various points. Vontae Chenault, who we know that he is just a pretty lanky guy um, who can go up and probably catch you a bunch of balls. Um, And the list just keeps going. Brendan Rice, all these guys. And so for Jalen Jackson to say – that this group really is good. It's what you want to hear because even though those are all guys you want to see play, none of them are all that proven aside from KD. But even that, like you're hoping for more out of KD than he's shown so far. Um, So that's some good news there. Um, Talked about building chemistry, you know, because he was a backup the last couple of years. He feels like he came in with some chemistry with Tyler Lytle and Sam Neuer. Um, but that for the most part, all of that is just work, you know, texting them, seeing if they can go throw a little bit on off days, you know, staying early to or staying late to keep playing with them, going early, doing that kind of stuff. Um, it's an effort thing. And it's good to hear that he recognizes that. Um, and that he's taking advantage of that because if that's the case, then it means it's unlikely he's the only one. You know, we have seen like the Instagram stories of everybody working out and that kind of stuff. Um, Yeah, I'm excited to see what he can do this season for sure, and it was good to hear from him. Also, like I said earlier, we heard from Matt Lynch, the tight end who transferred from UCLA. Uh, He spent one year as a tight end there, and – the rest of his career was at quarterback. So um, he had some interesting stuff to say. The first question was actually, you know, because this year doesn't count for eligibility, because he's a grad transfer, technically this would be his last year of eligibility. I think it was Brian Howell who asked him, uh, would you be interested in coming back for uh, one more year since you could be a redshirt senior a second time in 2021? And he said like yeah I'm, I'm really interested um kind of depends on how everything plays out but that is something that i have thought about um so that's good to know especially because as brian noted taylor Embry said last week when we talked to him the tight ends coach that he wishes that he could have just had matt um, for his whole career uh, because at this point he could be something really special and so if you could get him at least for one more year i think that that could be valuable um Let's see, what else have we heard? Um, He said that uh, it's a good group of tight ends. He thinks that the tight ends are going to be really effective this year. He uh, brought up Brady Russell specifically for his leadership qualities, saying like when guys don't really know what they're doing, all that kind of stuff, Brady has been great about that. He says that a couple of the other vets have been that way too. I'm not sure who that is. Um, But yeah, 
he also he's he's from Colorado. He wanted to play at CU out of high school and didn't get the opportunity. Um, I guess I should double check this, but he may sound like Colorado didn't offer him, but if they had offered him, he would have gone there. Um, you know, and that's one of those things that we talk about a lot. Speaking of McChesney, something that he talks about almost constantly um, is, is the in-state recruitment um, with Taylor Embry saying, yeah, we wish we would have had him for a few years. Could have had it, especially when the tight end position has been not all that productive for the last couple of years. Um, so, yeah. Um, I think that that's pretty much everything from today. Uh, I'm not sure who we're talking to tomorrow, uh, but we'll be talking to somebody before the second scrimmage, which is on Saturday. I'll also be on the basketball call tomorrow morning, uh, hearing from Tad Boyle and a couple of other basketball players. Um, so stay tuned for that. Um, and I will see you tomorrow. See you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And boat is where we station, patiently awaiting. Oh. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging at the crowd, do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit you. Hit you. Hit you. Hit you. Hey. Hey. you on your own now. Why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. And we ain't playing with you, you can get it. Colorado 